He's an eight-time Louisiana Association of Broadcasters Award winner. And he snapped a ball through his legs. Wait, what, why does your name get to go first? Shut up. This is Scone and T. Because they made us. What's happening? Welcome in to Scone and T. Because they made us. I'm Scone, he's T. We're at Oliver Twist. Yeah, sleepy Wiggins? Wednesday today. I, I don't know. know. Guys, I'm saying kind of a sleepy it, Wednesday, is dude. Is it maybe the fact that there's so much going on? Like LSU baseball's playing right now. Pels are playing yeah. right now. Basketball plays tonight. Is everybody just spread thin to their own things? Uh, potentially, you know. Pels think, don't, don't look at it. Don't look uh, at it. I know. It's been the Pels. Yeah, what's going on with the Pelicans is about as painful as almost anything that I think I've ever experienced in sports, to be quite honest. It feels a lot like the second half of the Saints season where you know they're done. Right? They're done. Yeah. But mathematically, they're not done. So you just keep watching because they're not done, but it's hard to be emotionally invested at all because you know this isn't going anywhere. Well, and they just, I mean, uh, they the, to me the most disappointing part is they so clearly blew what was a golden opportunity to gain massive heart and mind share in the city. And they were gaining it, but now, like, everybody who was hesitant to get on the bandwagon and everybody who was like, oh, look at you, fucking Lucy going to kick the, or uh, Charlie Brown going to kick the football again. And we're like, no, 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 no. I'm telling you this time, I'm telling you this time, Lucy's going to keep that ball on the ground. We're going to stroke it. And it felt like we were. And I'll be damned at the last minute. She didn't pull that ball again. And now they all get to come and say, I told you so, I told you so. And so now it's like, it's getting to the point where I'm losing the emotion or the, the I don't want to put in the effort to be angry. It's, it's, it's quickly slipping into apathy because of how high the expectations and the idea of this team had risen for now how far it has fallen. No, no, it's so sad. All right, so let's start with but, they, but if they win tonight, we're back. Let's start with good. We got a home stretch coming on. Yeah, Derek Carr. Derek Carr is going to win a Super Bowl with the Saints. Carr talk. And uh, Brian Kelly and LSU start spring football tomorrow morning. We're doing this live at Oliver Twist on Wednesday night. So if you're watching on YouTube, thank you. If you're watching on Facebook, thank you. If you're watching or listening on demand, thank you as well. But we do this live every Wednesday, 7 o'clock Central. So thank you for being here. Uh, YouTube, please smash that like button. Facebook, please uh, like the 104.5 ESPN page and share the post. So do you want to start with Carr or do you want to start with LSU Spring Ball? Uh, we start with Carr. Okay. Black and gold Super Bowl. Here we go. It's time. Uh, you're, let's you're, do it. You're being just a big hater no, on this move. Let's do it. You're being a big hater let's on this move. It. It's not all just about Super Bowls. And let's do it. Hey, I'm going to let you in a little winning. secret, Matt. Being fucking shitty doesn't help you win a Super Bowl either. You know what? We we will have this theory text, tested out directly because Tampa is doing what you yeah. want the Saints to do. The whole They're division. cutting all their old people. They're, yeah, exactly. The Even whole, though Atlanta should go after Lamar Jackson, they're freaking ridiculous. The whole division... So forever, it was Cam, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, and then Jameis, Astrid, but Brady here toward the end, we understand. But, and the whole division is kind of going through the same thing. And each team is kind of taking a different tact. Yeah. Like, Carolina's probably going to draft a quarterback in the top ten. Yeah, they're already there. They did their tanking already, kind of. Atlanta is... Where are they going to ride with Ritter? Well, I mean, we'll look, see. if Atlanta doesn't sign Lamar Jackson and give up two first rounds, then they're trying to tank this year, and they're trying to get involved in the 
Drake May, Caleb Williams, yeah. Michael Penix Jr. sweepstakes. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody's doing it differently. Um, my thing with the Saints Tampa's is... Tampa's telling us that Kyle Trask is badass. <laughs> the Saints are... Um, the Saints are the guy at the casino that loses all their money. And instead of just cutting their losses, they go back to the ATM to get more money because they're trying to recoup their losses. It's like you, you need to you need to stop this. No, you need to stop with the bad contracts. You need to stop. What are you talking about? They're the players. favorite. Why? Why? It's you think you know the cap better than Kai Harley. It's not about the cap because it, it, like can they make it work? Of course they can make it work. That's how the cap is designed. Uh, Kai Harley said it great with Sean Vazand. He said it's it is a it is a tool to be utilized, and I. I that's, of course, you can make it work. But the question is, should you make it work? Can I go out and buy a fucking $250,000 Maserati? Yes, I can. I can finance that. That's probably not the best decision for me and my family fiscally. But I can I? Sure, That's I fucking such can. such a non-sequitur analogy. Like, it doesn't hold any... It doesn't hold any water because if you look at the quarterback market, Derek Carr is value at this contract compared to the rest of the quarterback market and how things are shaking out. You essentially signed a two-year, $60 million deal with a $40 million option in the third year and a $50 million option in the fourth year. We said on this show recently, if you give me two years of commitment and 25-30, I think that's perfect. And then you go from there, and you could still draft a guy if you wanted to, and you want to develop him for a couple of years. Like You've actually left yourself pretty open to how you can build on that quarterback front. Yep. And I think Derek Carr, I don't give a fuck of what the stats say. I think we're all being intellectually dishonest if we don't think that Derek Carr is better than Andy Dalton. No, he's better than Andy Dalton. So much better than Andy Dalton. I want to be Dalton. very clear. I want to be very clear about this, because this is where I think, as people have heard me talk, they've made certain assumptions and not listened to the full thing I've said. Undeniably... The Saints in 2023 are their best version of themselves in 2023 with Derek Carr. That's not even debatable. There's no option that was realistically available to New Orleans that would make them better in 2023 than Derek Carr, period. There was no free agent. There was no trade possibility. Realistic, by the way. Like, you're not getting Aaron Rodgers. We understand that. No, it's why you actually didn't enter the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes either. You're Nobody you would have drafted this year would have come in and been better in 2023 than Carr. My problem is, I think Carr is at the point in his career where he's just regressing. And well, he is on but the there's no, but down. see, but, but, so, but let me finish my point. Okay, okay, okay. So I think Derek Carr is at the point in his career where he is regressing. I don't think that you're that you're going to continue to see this improvement starting with 32 year old Derek Carr to 33, 34, 35 year old Derek Carr, especially with this head coach and this offensive coordinator. Are you going to win a bad division this year? Probably. If you don't, that's really disappointing. But what does that leave you? You're, you're Tampa from this past year. Great. Tampa went 9-8, and eight, won a bad division, got bounced in the wild card round. Now, where do they? I think New Orleans is just delaying the inevitable. I think that there's – I think the goal, like you said, is to try to be the best version of yourself every single year. I think it's even more important contextually – Uh, when you look at the Saints history and what a garbage franchise it has been for the vast majority of its history. Like, they desperately need to prove that some of the consistent winning of the Breeze-Payton era, that they can recreate at least some modicum of that in a post 
Peyton Breeze era. Like, they need to prove that they can be one of these NFL teams that, okay, so the faces will change over time. Like, regimes will change, but you'll still be playoff relevant more than you're not, right? Like, I'm okay. The Saints, before we start worrying about Super Bowls and everything, again, I would like the Saints to get to a, like, I keep using the Steelers as the example, because I know Steelers fans are fed up at this point, but they have a different perspective on it. But, like, I would love for the Saints to be fighting and have 10 years of not being under 500, like, never being bad. I also think it's a great product for the fans and so if you're telling me that yeah okay all they're doing is trying to be their best version in 2023 i applaud that i said it's exactly what i want them to do because there's no guarantee that if you do bad that it's going to work out for you you could stay bad for a very yes very long time so this is where to me it comes down to risk tolerance and the point that i made and this is like honestly i i'm not arguing with anybody i'm really not it, and i don't i'm not discrediting your point at all because as a fan of the franchise, I think you said it last week, like you'd rather see them just never be bad again. Yeah. And I, I agree that. But what I would like to see is them win a Super Bowl again. And I don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr. I, I, guess- don't, I don't think they have the opportunity to do so. And so while I understand, while I totally understand you're not going to win a Super Bowl every year, I want what you're doing organizationally to at least be paving the road toward that end and i don't believe this move does that see that's, that's the, my point. yeah i guess i guess it's just that's so heavy on opinion and future telling and it, it carries with it kind of an implication that losing and drafting high would be a better path to the super bowl and no, i don't know that i agree with that so, either so this is the point like uh, maybe Derek Carr, creating a winning culture, Derek and, Carr, and whoever takes over for Derek Carr ends up being the guy. But in part because he learned from Carr, he saw what it's like to win at a consistent basis. What it takes, like I don't know if Derek Carr is that guy, but maybe, uh, we'll maybe, see, but dude. Maybe. I, look, so, but here's also the point. on Carr, there's no real evidence. Except, I mean, we have one year of regression. The year before, he was great. He was ten and seven. He was in the playoffs. He was a pro. He, he threw for like four thousand, uh, well over four thousand, almost five thousand yards. Like he was great. I don't. I don't think that there's. Um, I, I don't think that there's. I don't think it's fair to say that. Like undoubtedly, he is regressing. I didn't say that. He took a step back. I said my opinion is, Derek Hart, thirty-two, is beginning that regression. I think he is where Andy Dalton was his last year in Cincinnati. We talked about like their numbers are almost identical. Nine years, it's a very similar situation. But again, Hold the, on. no, no, it's then, not similar situation, okay. though. It, it, but it is. No, they're, it's they're, not. The Bengals were way better. They made the playoffs seven years in a row. The Raiders are a garbage franchise. Franchise. The Bengals are a garbage franchise, too. Not at that point? They were. They're just oh. not a good franchise. Man, they make the playoffs seven years in a row is not a garbage franchise. Okay, and then you could look at divisional circumstance and a lot of different things that could go into it. It doesn't yeah, matter, but that's, that's, that's not even the point. The point is, with Derek Carr right now, the Saints' floor is higher, their ceiling is lower than with a draft pick, which you have a much, much, much lower floor. Yes, you could absolutely swing and miss. Who brings the higher? You could absolutely swing and miss. But you also have the potential to exceed that ceiling with a draft pick. Yeah, but but how do you get to that higher ceiling draft pick? How much pain are you willing to go through in the interim? Because you're going to have to suck. You're going to have to be complete garbage. How do the Eagles do it? By taking advantage of Mickey Loomis. Like, what do you mean? Like, they uh, had, you think, you think they that's had, just going to grow on trees? One, they had one four-win season, and they drafted Jalen Hurts in round two. They were very good in their talent evaluation. Oh, I thought they you meant built- how did the Eagles get their high pick this year? No, 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 yeah, no, no. Yeah, that's no, what I'm no, saying. That's how they got okay, there. Okay, but, so, but, but, but you want to go 4-12? You want to go 4-12 one year? I don't want to go fucking 4-12. I'll go 4-12 this year if it means I'm going to get my franchise quarterback for the next 
decade plus. Here, of course here, I will. Here is what is discoloring so much of this Derek Carr talk. So this is from the Athletics quarterback tier list from 2022 before the season started. This is a tier list that is decided objectively by NFL executives, head coaches, coordinators that vote as a case guy tier one, two, three, and then they use the numbers and they average it out, right? So Derek Carr was in tier two. The head coach says, quote, he is as close to a tier one, Derek Carr is, just from an intellect standpoint, he always puts him in a good position. He makes a lot of good decisions, but similar to Dak Prescott and Matt Stafford conversation, there's something different in guys like Rodgers, Mahomes, Allen. Carr's a notch below these guys. He can't, can't quite overcome when it's bad around him. This is true. What we're not appreciating is just how bad it's been. Listen to this. A study conducted last season showed Carr getting worse support from his own defensive special teams than any of the 41 quarterbacks with at least three seasons as a starter over the past decade. Over the past, any quarterback that started over a three years in a decade, not a single one of them had worse special teams or worse defensive support than Derek Carr did. Um, during the past three seasons, uh, previous to this last year, uh, the Raiders ranked 12th in offensive EPA, which is a, uh, expected points added per play, which is like a single metric that people use, say, you're good at offense, you're bad, right? Whatever. So they were 12th. They were 32nd over three years on defensive special teams. Okay, so it's like the quarterback was doing his job Everybody else was not. So in theory, in a better organization with a top 10 defense like the Saints, better special teams, all of Derek Carr gets bumped up. So I, that's fine. And I hate the win-loss metric for quarterbacks, by the way. Like Archie Manning had one 8-8 eight eight season. He's roundly regarded as the best player in franchise history before Drew Brees. So I'm, I'm with you. Like quarterbacks only control so much as far as the organization they're in, the teams they're on. I, I get that. Um, so I'm, I'm not disagreeing with, with any of that. I'm not saying Derek Carr was a bad player at any point. I'm, I'm agreeing with you that he's still the best option that the Saints have. He's better than Andy Dalton. What I'm saying is I don't think it, Derek Carr, at this point in his career, is ever going to be a championship-caliber quarterback. Does he make them better than they were last year? Yes, he does. But but there's, again, a lower ceiling. That's why I'm not— He's, he's I'm, Alex Smith to the Pat Mahomes. Okay, then then please draft Patrick Mahomes. Yes, that's, that's exactly. That's what I'm looking— That's draft, the key. At 11. Draft— At 11. Your quarterback. At 11. 10. I thought Mahomes were 11. The you Saints, sure about that? The Saints were 11. I thought the Saints were 13 the when they Saints picked Lattimore. The Saints were 11 when they picked Lattimore and Kansas City jumped one spot ahead of him because Sean Payton could shut his yapper and just let it be there. Um, but so all, all the stuff about defensive efficiency, you know, yes, great. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with, with any of that. Yes, we all know the Raiders are a bad organization. They've been poorly coached and all that sort of stuff. But I also look this year at a year where they had Josh Jacobs, where they had a really good tight end, they had a good line, and they went and got Devontae Adams, who was his, we all know the story, right? He was his best friend, college teammate, all that stuff, who we could have argued a year ago in Green Bay, we could have argued yeah. was the best receiver in the NFL. Yeah, sure. And Derek Carr regressed this year. So yeah, but I what's, think there's a but lot what's of circumstances the other that would suggest what's that the other correlating the, factor? Uh, you could say Josh McDaniels. Okay, am I super pumped about Pete fucking Carmichael? No. Should I be really pumped that Pete Carmichael is going to maximize Derek Carr? I and just mean, no, 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 no. I just mean in not. terms of explaining how this group of personnel went from being great one year to shit the next. Or maybe he's not Despite a great getting better. Okay, yeah. Because Josh McDaniels' entire head coaching career has proven that he should get the benefit of the doubt in any conversation. I'm not saying he deserves the benefit of the doubt. I'm not saying that. I'm really, like, I'm being serious with you. I'm not being contentious. Like, I I just, it's fine if, I think the 
the stranger part is like I'm accepting of your viewpoint because that's your right as a fan to want your team to do what you what you want them or feel or what's best. We just happen to disagree on what a path forward is, and that's okay. Fuck like your I'm, gonna, I'm gonna love my team either way. I know this is it's way better whenever we 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 argue and disagree and everything and like yell at each other. But I, this really and there you know me like there's times I'll dig my heels in and I will yell and scream and be red faced and be very very staunch. This is one of those things where I know I can't control it. I understand the other point of view about not wanting to suck. I totally get that. I also don't – what I want is for my team to win a Super Bowl again. And, I, and yes, I would be – to your question, I would be willing to take 4-13 and 13 if it means drafting a quarterback that could be the franchise. And I assume the risk. I assume the risk that we could draft Zach Wilson. I totally yeah. understand that. But you could draft Josh Allen. You could draft Joe Burrow. You could draft Patrick Mahomes. You could draft Justin Herbert. You could. You could miss. But the only way you're going to get the boom again is by getting that player at that position. And the only way to get those players at that position is in the draft. So Look, you got to hit in the draft. The Saints, the Saints have drafted a first-round quarterback. We all know it. Once in their history. No, it's pathetic. You got it. You got to be malpractice. Willing, you you've got to be willing to step up to the plate and take your swing, man. But you, you can do that. But you can do that shoulder. while you're doing this. Okay, is the point. You can do that while you're doing this. We'll I, 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 I I believe do you think you're, they're you going to do you shots. think they're going to draft a quarterback with one of their first two picks? Because uh, I don't. I don't. I don't either. I, I think they should at forty-one. Uh, entertain Hooker for sure. If he was still there, I mean, why wouldn't you? Uh, but no, I don't, I don't think he will. The other thing that I've, I've heard a lot is the uh, is like the Stafford Rams comp, saying you know that Stafford had never won a playoff game with the Rams. He go or with the Lions, he goes to the Rams and wins the Super Bowl. the The problem I have with that is, uh, have you talked about that yet? No, I mean Sean McVay's way better than Pete Carmichael. Okay, Sean McVay, <laughs> way better. Number one, number two. Look at the rosters, man. Like the Rams yeah. were primed. The Rams had Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, Van Jefferson, Cam Makers. You had Vaughn Miller was on that team. You right? had bookend tackles with Havenstein and uh, and Andrew Whitworth. Whitworth. You had Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? Like, please, yeah. please don't compare. Like the Rams were the Rams were primed. The Rams are what the Niners are now. Like the nine, if you took Matthew Stafford, the Niners are put probably him on the, a bit more sustainable. But yes, I see what yes, you're saying. But my point is, it's a it's a it's a roster that is prime. Yes, like all you need is that one last little puzzle piece, and it's unlock kaboom. Like that was the Rams. That's not this Saints team. Like they're just there's way they they have one defensive lineman under contract. Uh, I like the secondary. You got I love Demario Davis, but he's aging. Your offensive line, I think, has some really serious questions this year. You have a massive hole at running back, and Kamara is likely going to miss six games. Yep. After Olave, what do you really have at receiver? You still don't have a tight end. Reed Sheed's kind of nice. Uh, I mean, I'm not, Reed Sheed. He's, yeah, no, I like. He's Shaheed. a nice piece. Yeah. He's a nice piece. I'm not saying he's like. I mean, you you need another guy. If you if you could get Mike Thomas back, bro, you would but, feel good about the weapons. But understand to the Rams comp. Odell, no, 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 it's not the Rams Jeff, comp. No, 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 no. Like, no. Come on, We need the best wide receiver in the entire NFL. So, but I, I understand. And the best player in the entire NFL is Aaron Donald. There's the, no best player on the Saints. The Saints are hoping that's the case, is the Rams thing, right? Is the Rams. They're hoping that's the case. Oh, all we needed was the good veteran quarterback who could elevate the pieces that we had in place, and now we're a contender. I just, that Rams roster was way better, and I, I would probably take Stafford from a year ago or two years ago. Well, Give me 10 and 7, baby. 
10 and 7 in a wild card game. Hey, man, you get in. You can't win if you don't get in. Exactly. So. Exactly. Let me in the club, bitch. Keep me in the club. Me in the club. Why do you have eyeliner on? Because I'm Derek Carr, you son of a bitch. It's going down. He, uh, Maybe wow. in the mall. Stop. It's going Stop. down. Stop. Is that Young Jock? Mm-hmm. Wow. I went to a Young Jack music video filming mm, one time. Face, damn near every day, asking me questions like "Jock, where you stay?" Tell some him some guy tried park, to get me a buy like a chop an eighth of weed off him for like a hundred bucks. That bitch, you ain't gonna rook me. I pulled a David Fisdale on him, said, "You ain't gonna rook me." <laughs> get the fuck out of here, Fisdale. <laughs> take that for data. Do you remember that? Yeah. I don't remember take that for data. I remember oh, you ain't gonna rook me. <laughs> When Fisdale was in Memphis, there was something about, like, the refs were screwing his team, so he goes up to the podium, and he's got all these stats, and he goes, take that for Dan. Yeah, hell yeah, it. dude. Hell oh, yeah, dude. I'm to find it. Uh, <laughs> Somebody made an alt account that says T-Bob gave up his ass to me. <laughs> huh? Somebody made an alt account that says T-Bob gave up his ass to oh. me. Oh, that's good. Uh, Here it is. Here Take that for dad. Uh, okay, so good. so I think, though, I mean, look, if you listen to our shows, it's all very clear where we all stand on the car talk. So yeah, I think yeah. you got a nice bow on car talk. Um, okay. I, I, I like that the Saints made the move, and I'm excited to see where it goes, you know? What do you think Maybe they I'll be should do at Caro what do you think later on? They should do at 29 and at 40 positions, ideally. You get to do it. Would, player or position? Uh, so you got to understand... That I'm like a big dumb idiot that gets attracted by big things, and Darnell Washington's so big that I would love them to draft Darnell Washington at 29. And then again, I mean, I look, I'll I'll stick with the Cam Jordan fan theory. Like Cam Jordan laid out what he wants. What he's like is the voice piece of the fans for the Saints should do. He said, sign a veteran quarterback, draft a rookie, and then I think the third piece was a little unrealistic. It was, I can't remember what the third piece was, but whatever. So I would draft Darnell Washington, and then I would draft Hendon Hooker in round number two. You got to get defensive line help. Nah, fuck him, dude. Oh, bro. No, you got to I mean, that's, that's what all the mocks, all the mocks have them taking an interior defensive lineman in round one. Is Anyamata gone? No, I think he'll be back. Okay. I think Anyamata will be back. I think... Can he I, get back on the juice? I, please. <laughs> the... Um, <laughs> I saw it was McShay who had him taking Brian Breesey from Clemson. I would love that. Like, imagine if you could put a guy like again. I'm not. I'm not saying Breesey's going to be this guy. I'm just saying like a player. You know, a, a a big strong interior like like a like a Chris Jones, like a Jeffrey Simmons, well, like I mean, a Jonathan if, if, Allen. If it also, like, oh, yeah. If you want the biggest difference between the Saints' defensive success recently and maybe the last year or two. Was it Malcolm Brown or Malcolm Roach who was in the middle when they had all that 100 games that allowing a 100-yard rush or whatever? Malcolm Brown. Okay, so ever since the departure of Malcolm Brown, which we never really talk about, it feels like that run defense has gotten significantly worse. It wasn't just Brown, it was Shelton Rankins, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, Rankins is there. You had, you had Rankins, Onyemata, Brown, and then you, you brought in some young guys who rotated behind The craziest them. thing is you had Akeem Hicks, man. I know. <laughs> now, now, granted, he's old now, so it doesn't matter. But, like, you could have you had Akeem Hicks. Imagine if Akeem Hicks had played at LSU. <laughs> I know. Think about I don't have to too. imagine because he was on the fucking scout team every day oh, you, when I was a starter. Wait, did he? What I thought he, he practiced the entire year. He did practice Yeah, for you know year. what's not tight? 
having a future NFL All-Pro on scout team who's pissed about not playing and you're hurting from playing and you got to deal with a future All-Pro on scout team? Are you kidding me? What is the deal, man? I remember the thing about it. It's, it's so long now. I remember... Was it who was the receiver coach? DJ, DJ McCartney. Some, Ma- McCarthy, McCarthy, McCarthy. Who got him like an apartment? Um, yeah, something stupid. It was something where like some NCAA bullshit. It was it was a thing where like Hicks came to Baton Rouge before the semester started, so his student housing wasn't available. So DJ McCarthy got him set up with an apartment for like I don't know a couple of weeks or whatever yeah, it was how before, the, before the season. <laughs> and so he got buffed and McCarthy got fired and Hicks got suspended. Crazy. Crazy. I mean, insane. And then, dude, you know what the weirdest Maybe thing? he went to Canada or dude, something? Yeah, he went to, yeah, he went to Canada. Um, but, dude, the weirdest thing, there was a guy, uh, no, 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 so in the Advocate, they have like a... Um, Bells and Good? No, there's a... Uh, there, it, it, this Years ago in the Advocate, they would have a section that was like almost like a faces in the crowd from SI or a people you know, whatever. And it was basically they would go ask like three or four people a question and like just, you know, about something in the community and ask them all the same question and print their answers with a picture of them. Well, like, after he got fired, DJ McCarthy was one of those. No. Like, he just happened to be in the mall one day. <laughs> oh, no, great. and so, like, the advocate reporter was just randomly asking people, and so he answered the question. <laughs> and so he had his picture, and it's like, football coach underneath. <laughs> I got to find this. Hold on. I want to find this now. Hold on. DJ Ooh. McCarthy, uh, advocate uh, question. Anyway, what are you looking at? My buddy just sent me just a beautiful piece of meat that he just cooked. This beautiful oh, prime ribeye right here. My buddy sent me a beautiful piece of meat. Mm, a I picture mean, of a beautiful piece mm, of meat. Look at this thing. Okay. Damn, but that thing don't look so damn good. Okay. All right, glad to have you aboard here on a Scone T. If you're on YouTube, please smash the like button. Subscribe up to the uh, Watch 1045 ESPN YouTube channel. We appreciate you for being there. Um, and as always, if you're on Facebook, please like the page, share the post, like the page, share the post, like the page, share the post. Thanks for being there as well. And if you're listening on podcasts, that's awesome. Please subscribe and uh, rate us on your favorite podcast app. That's really good, too. Okay, so no more car talk. Uh, we'll get to questions in a bit. Sp- LSU spring football. Yeah. Uh, what's baseball doing, Muse? So 6 nothing. Great. Is the run rule in place today? That would be great if it were. Oh. How about that? Tommy Tanks with an opposite field three-run jack. He's been heating up Why since this weekend. Why didn't you let me know weekend, that, huh? you, you jerk? You're so, you're so unnerving. T-Bob's eating creamed green beans. Are you not eating the salmon? Look at that salmon. That looks like a beautiful piece I of fish. I had so much salmon last night. I'm going to eat it, but I like salmon, a lot of salmon. But then creamed green beans is hitting. God damn, Bob. Here's so people can see it. You know what I mean? F- food here at Oliver Twist is amazing as well. It highly, highly, highly I recommend. agree. If you ever want a like a lunch a lunch meal an entire meal of food, it's a great spot to come. All right, I agree. Uh, LSU spring football. Hey, look real quick. LSU transfers. Uh, they did what you've been saying they were going to do on the show for a while. They the added, yeah. yeah, they added that uh, next interior lineman. So now you have seven starters. You you hit that magic number that we were uh, we were looking for. Seven guys that you feel are capable of starters, and really a ton. Of customizability uh, within there, like in terms of who could play where. So you bring in uh, Mason Lunsford, who, am I incorrect? He's a 6'7 center? 
for he's Maryland? Never, he's never played center. He played le- he played left guard. Okay, but they are going to work him at center, as I understand. Okay, but he did, fall, but he played guard. I just assumed he was a tackle when I saw six seven. Played, he's uh, he's Ethan Posick, man. Yeah, no, big for old, sure, big old dude. But um, no, so he played left guard. Twenty three starts at left guard. They're going to cross train him at center. Big thing, and I would love your take on this, honestly. Um, is uh, so Charles Turner is out for spring because of injury. So. Um, Marlon Martinez is going to get the first team reps. And he's a guy mm. we saw play a lot near the end of last year at center. He started rotating with, um, with Turner. And you were, I remember, really complimentary of Martinez late in the year. Well, he's had a so, nice rise over the last couple of years, do you, I think. Do you think this is a, um, a situation where Martinez could legitimately maybe like take the starting job away with a good spring? Uh, not with a good spring. Um he could change the coaches' minds about where pole position would be going into fall. I, I, I kind of doubt that he would just outright be getting the first one reps, but he could perform to a point where they could be like, okay, actually, we don't know who's going to start between Turner and Martinez, and then and maybe rep them equally come fall. Um, I don't know that I... So, no, I don't expect Martinez to just come out here and just, like, take a job in spring, uh, but... He will firmly be in the mix come fall time to win one of those interior spots. Uh, Barksdale bubble. Barksdale bubble. Barksdale bubble. Do you want something? Normally Wiggins is here with our point here tonight. I know. Mm-hmm. Give me a beer. No break even. Um, I know. It's, by the way, it's E.H. Taylor. Moose, will you order me a beer? Will you order me a, uh, a Kurz Light? Okay, they don't have Kurz Light. Give me a Ghost. A Ghost. You can put it. Just do my tab. I got a tab. Oh tab. wow! Thanks, man. I was gonna pay. You can, you can too, Muse. Um, I have a tab. Okay, whatever. Okay, so no, no. Look, I, 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 I don't. I, I think it sucks for Turner when basically LSU's already like when LSU's already trying to re- not not replace him, but that is an area where they're like, we think we can get better. It's it's a tough draw for Turner that he can't compete in spring, and you're gonna have all these different guys kind of going for his job, but nothing's gonna be settled till fall. Uh, I, I don't really know. There how was, these... Okay, there's one. Wait, don't leave that point yet. Yeah. There's one time, and I asked this question because I hate spring football. Well, let me rephrase. I love football. It's football. Uh, I don't think there's any value at all for starters in spring. Just don't get hurt, please. I think spring is great for guys that are maybe new enrollees or guys that are going to be first-time starters, actually getting to taste it for the first time, just feeling what it's like being in the first group and stuff like that. Um, but one time... Uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, in 2018 spring, yeah. uh, he was gonna get bounced. Like they wanted, they wanted uh, 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 50s Hines, uh, mm-hmm. Jason Hines, mm-hmm. to be the starting center. Remember, Hines played guard as a freshman, and uh, in that Auburn game, who was the, in 18? He who, went against a big guy from Auburn that had like a million starts. Who am I missing? Who am I missing? Who am I missing? It what was, are you looking for? Who was the starting center in 17? Liam Shanahan? No, no. Shanahan came from Harvard and was there. Um, mm, thank you, sir. Oh. In 20 and 21. I got it. The starting Cheers, center in 17. Clap was. I don't know that it matters, to be honest. Whatever. Okay, thank you. I think it might have been Clap. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, I think it might have been Clap. But so they were looking for a new starting center, and Cushenberry had been around for three years already. He was going into year four, and it was like, bro, it's like an hour and ever type thing. And, and everyone thought 
Cushionberry was just going to get pushed out, and they yep. moved Hines or, he or, or somebody in there. And he went and had it. He balled out during the spring, won the job, and never let it go for two years. Ended up becoming, what, a fourth-round pick, third or fourth-round pick in Denver, and started as a rookie. Like, he hit he hit his stride. It just it took him three years to get there, but he did it, and spring was his, hey, man, it's now or never type deal. So that's where I wonder about Martinez. Like, if he goes out there and is just, like, a dude, I, it might be hard to for Charles Turner to come back and just – take his job no I mean look it is it sucks again like I said it's not helping Charles Turner that he has to miss spring when they're actively trying to maybe get better at center right yeah but he's not Charles Turner was good enough last year and he's strong enough mentally especially where I don't know that I see a situation in which somebody could play so good that he would disappear from the mix okay like I I I just I I don't I don't know you worry about uh about you worry about is Lance Hurd an early enrolling because I'm, I'm very interested with Lance. He seems like out of the freshman, he f- could be the most ready. He's certainly talking a huge game. I think he is an early enrollee, but I mean, I'm not he, positive. So he's been I'm out here very, and he knows uh, Campbell's here, Nick, because that's his boy. They play together. But, you know, he has all these quotes where he's like, no, I'm going you know, to start a left tackle. They're like, well, Campbell's there. He's like, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I played with, with him, I'm and I'm going to start a left tackle. It's like, okay, dude, all right, yeah. Lance. Um, but for this conversation – Although all this is open to change in spring, I think you're going to have Emory Jones and Will Campbell as your edges. And I think Garrett Dellinger will be one of those three yes. interior guys. And after Ooh. that, I think it gets a little tricky. I don't know. But it'll be some combination. On the inside, it'll be some combination of Dellinger, Frazier, Martinez, and now uh, Lunsford. Who, by the way, we didn't mention... Like Matt said, a ton of starts, 26 starts over there at Maryland, so starting the Big Ten. And this last season, Matt, in 381 pass blocking opportunities, did not give up a single sack. Wow. Uh, I mean, bro, that's, that's, that's beast. They throw the ball a lot at Maryland. Did not give up a sack. That's, that's, that's nothing to just uh, – it's nothing to turn your nose up at. It's the Big Ten. What? Yeah, it's the Big Ten. Yeah, the Big Ten is uh, good pass rushers. Bad. I, I think I think you're being fucking insane. Yeah, I was being stupid. Indeed. Okay, how about that? Um, anyway, <laughs> so uh, all right, so offensive line. I, I am I am interested in quarterback because I know Brian Kelly has said uh, Jaden Daniels is the starter. There's no quarterback controversy. He's earned the right to be QB one. That's and, where I am at. I, actually, I agree, I agree with all that. Who's the biggest Jaden Daniels guy? Right? I mean, don't forget. Oh, I got Jaden's winning the Heisman. Right? He's the best quarterback. Blah, blah, blah. But um, look, man. Before the SC Championship game, I, I have no problem saying this, that uh, Garrett Nussmeyer was 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 considering yeah. leaving. Okay? I have no problem saying that now. And Jaden, we know what happened. Jaden got hurt. Nussmeyer played the second half, threw for a bunch of yards. And then in the bowl prep, he was getting first-team reps, and then they told him he was going to get every third series in the – uh, in the bowl game, which he did, and so he stayed. And then after the bowl game, Brian Kelly made the comment about having two great quarterbacks, and then it was, and oh, by the way, Walker Howard. Walker looked at that, realized he was never going to get first-team reps. He didn't want to be a scout team guy for the second consecutive year. Walker left. Oh, yeah. So I, I think Brian Kelly's in a spot where he needs to pacify two guys. But in so doing... Do you think he still needs to pacify Garrett that much? Yes, because if you go into spring and Jaden gets all of the first-team reps, 
then I don't I don't think there's any guarantee that Nuss you know, wouldn't say, all right, I'll, I'll peace out. I, I think that's got to be part of your thinking because if Nussmeyer leaves, then you go into the season with a mobile quarterback who is always one hit away. We just saw it turn, turn his ankle you know, yeah. at the end of the season. We saw what happened. The A&M and then lingered in the SC Championship. You're always one hit away then from having Ricky Collins as your only option. Well, so then, so I, I mean, yeah, well, I so in that, though, it kind of behooves you then on two fronts to give Nuss a series every now and then because it keeps him happy and it prepares him for a very realistic eventuality, which is why I wonder how much coddling Nuss needs at this point. Walker's out of the equation. Uh, he feels very comfortable where he stands. He knows he's one play away at any given time. He knows he's the heir apparent to the job. Jane Daniels cannot come back um i don't think he's particularly in, intimidated by any of the freshmen that they're bringing in right like I, I think those cats could be good but it's not like an arch manning or or, or somebody like that coming up behind him so it, i mean but but then again to your point matt you know how how objective are people going to be about um like how, how objective is he going to be when push comes to shove and he's actually going through that i don't know how emotionally he will react to it right like, I, just being the two. But he is the two, and he, and, he, and he should be the two. I mean, if you look at any national list, you have a top ten returning quarterback in the country. Yes. Like, the only people that think there's a quarterback controversy are us, like, here locally. We're all too close to the case. We should be taken off of it. We're not objective observers anymore at this point. Uh, I'm, I, I agree. My only thing is I'm, it's worth watching this spring. That's my only point. I'm not. No, no, no. I mean, look, there, there's, there's ample reason to give us one reps. I agree with that. But not more than one out of four one reps, right? Like, like it can't be two to one. It has to at least be a three to one split with Jaden getting these series with those with those guys. And then, and then, and then if you, and if you do give to Garrett than one, then that's fine. Like that, because there's a lot of. Um, wisdom in that as well because if Jade never goes down then like Garrett's gonna have to play he's going to have to play probably at some point this next year this is also kind of Matt now that we're talking about this out loud um this is kind of an insane <laughs> I know what you gonna do dude these cream mushrooms so good or these uh cream green beans so good but like this is something that's a bit different in the NFL and college Matt is you kind of have to pay your backup college quarterback yeah, it's not like the NFL where you're just paying a vet to sit there and be ready to emerge. You know, this is going to be your guy in the future, so like you have to make sure that he is paid almost like a starter. So when he, so he'll eventually stick around to become a starter, which I, is kind I of funny to think about. Saying at all that LSU's quarterbacks all had NIL money last year, like nice. No, but but you, you but you get what I'm getting at here. It's it's a funny difference between the NFL. Are you and talking college. about literally paying like NIL paying? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yes. Okay. No, no, but what I'm saying is, like, in the NFL, you just pay a backup quarterback at a backup quarterback rate. In college, you almost have to pay him like the starter because eventually he will be. In the NFL, you never want your backup to take over unless it's a rookie, right? Like, the Chiefs aren't out there like, oh, we got to keep Chad Henney happy because he's going to take over. No, Mahomes going to be their quarterback for 15 years. Yeah. Like, you know you have another guy coming up in a couple years, so you have to kind of, you know, Such you have to bring him to along. Such a good idea to draft a quarterback. What? It's such a good idea to draft a quarterback. Yeah, dude. If you could draft Pat Mahomes, I agree, dude. I mean, I, you know what? I'm going to offer up a hot take. I, I would draft a Pat Mahomes type player. How about that? I would trade up to draft a Pat Mahomes type player. Yeah. Yeah. But you trade up not knowing that beforehand. You want to know why? Because you have a ball sack and you say, we're going for it. We're going to win is what we're doing. 
You think there's a quarterback like that out there in this draft? Maybe. You think I, one that would justify letting Hinton Hooker, like over letting Hinton Hooker fall to you? I don't know if I see it. Did you see with Patrick Mahomes? And if you say yes, you're a fucking liar. Oh, hell no, dude. No, no, no Sean true. Payton saw it. I mean, he was a he was. I mean, he was a system guy at Texas Tech. No, that's right? where that's where the Saints. That's where that's where that's the Saints you, evaluation came yeah, in. And if they did, if yeah. they did trade up, then I then then our takeaway would clearly be, well, holy shit, that guy must have blown them away in the pre-draft process. Right. Like he like, and that's what Pat Mahomes did to Sean Payton. Uh, I got a funny story from uh, Aaron Murray on that whole ordeal as well. Where Matt Nagy, or maybe, maybe I told Aaron this, and I saw it on a different podcast. I don't know. It came out recently. No, because I think it was Pat Mahomes talking about. I'm confusing my stories, but Matt Nagy, the night before Pat Mahomes was supposed to meet with Andy Reid and the Chiefs, Matt Nagy was the OC at the time, was so in love with Mahomes, he basically gave him the exam. He told them everything they were going to go over the night before. <laughs> he taught them all of it. So the next day, Mahomes gets in there with Reid, and Reid's just, like, blown away. He's like, this <laughs> this fucking kid, dude. It's he like knows. automatic. It's like he had the test. <laughs> I'm feeding it's him. It's like and he had like, the test. And he's right there. So in a lot of ways, as much fun as people want to make fun of Matt Nagy for the Bears, uh, for, for his Bears era, his Bera, um, he saw it in Mahomes, and he saw it to the point where he used subterfuge to uh, to and and you know and then to, to kind of Good cause the, the the Chiefs to trade up and get him. Good for them, man. And they knew they knew the Saints were going to take him, man. It's why Sean Payton couldn't shut his big yapper. Yeah. Otherwise, Patrick Mahomes would be a Saint. Winning Super Bowls and no God, dude. And if you had, I mean, that's what I'm saying, dude. That could have been us. I know. It fucking could have been us, dude. Okay, uh, defensively. But you know what? It kind of tells you that Sean believed it, but he didn't really, like, you know, really, really, really believe it. What do you mean? They were going to take him. Yeah, but if you really, really, really believe it, then you trade up a spot. Then fuck it. Like, then you go get him in the top ten. If you really, 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 really. I don't know. Like, you just didn't know. Like, they were going to take him at 11. It's just, you didn't know Kansas we're City gonna was going to take gonna, him. You didn't but know Kansas the City Saints, was going to jump you. The Saints get horny to jump up, though, for that very reason. You never know when you guys going to jump you. That's why the Saints trade up but the to thing get, is, like, Marcus Dabbler. Or actually, that one time they heard that, the, that Green Bay was going to draft on Yamato, so they actually did trade up to head off Green Bay. So, shoes on the other foot. But remember, they, like, the thing about that draft, and this is all revisionist history now, but. They they had both Mahomes and Lattimore graded top ten. Yeah, so yeah, no, I mean it was ridiculous that way, Lattimore fell to them. Lattimore like, was supposed to be gone. Yes, off they're the like board. either way, we're getting yeah, we're getting well, our quarterback okay. or we're getting an elite cornerback. But that's where I get at. They didn't. If, yeah, they, they they liked Mahomes, but nobody knew what Mahomes was going to do. Nobody knew he would literally change the game or, or, or set records in the way that he has. The the level of consistency with which he wins and plays is. Uh, unlike anything we've ever seen this early in a career. How do you feel about LSU's decentralized decentralized, decentralized organization? Decentralized special teams. No, decentral- operation. Oh, yeah. decentralized, decentralized operation. Decentralized operation on special teams. It's got a little bit like... You uh, do a little of this, you do a little of that, you do a little of that. You, that dude, so that is, what's kind of funny is it, it's, it's got a little bit of... anybody else were doing that, we'd be laughing our asses off. Well, okay, so... If okay, Ole Miss okay, were doing no, this, we'd be okay, like, no, 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 Matt, but this is where... This is where I... It's... This is where it gets weird to me, is that... The other day, I was watching a, uh, a TikTok, right? 
And it's this guy uh, reacting to Weird. a video of a young girl being like, we need a phone in the house, one number that, like, everybody uses. And the guy's like, oh, my God, that's a landline. Holy shit. This is like she didn't know what a landline was, right? But but here you have her. She thinks she's coming up with something new. Uh, decentralized operation is like a tech douchebag being like, I remember it was a funny joke in like Silicon Valley New Year. A guy came up with like, tried to present like a, a bus route as like a new idea. Like, what if we had like some sort of public transportation where people go wait at spots, pick it up? This is kind of how special teams were done on the college level forever. Like in the entire Saban era, in the entire early Les Miles era, the 07 National Championship, Bradley Dale Pivoto, your linebacker coach, was a special teams coach. The O-line, the O-line coach taught uh, the blocking schemes. on. So, so it's funny that you're wrapping it up in like tech bro talk, like decentralized operation. When you really mean it him, just, not me. Yeah, yeah no, no, yeah, yeah, no, no okay. him, Brian Kelly, that's what I'm saying. Because, I'm not you, I'm not Because, I mean, Jake pointed out this morning, it's really kind of how it's always been done. Now, there is one big, big key difference. And that is that the coaches, the position coaches now, will actually, it'll be way less time intensive for them because analysts are now allowed to coach on the field that during cool. the week. And so you have an entire group of analysts that can do the heavy time lifting in terms of putting together scouting reports, devising strategy, and then you just need the coaches to essentially be the, hey, operate the plan that we have created. So you're like saving the position coach's time, which is different from the past, but in a lot of ways you are just doing what teams used to do all the time. But as we talk about on Scone and T, when LSU's special teams have been good, it's when they've actually had a dedicated special teams coach. So it is interesting well, from that man was... That well, and Thomas McGahee, who people forget right. him. He left here and went to the Giants. Like he and he to, came from the NFL. Like, he yeah. was an NFL special teams guy, came here, balled out, and then went back to the league. Um, if, what if Greg McMahon – so in 2017, the year Ed's first year, remember he fired Pivado. Like, that was like the first thing he did. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he literally got hired on a Saturday. On Sunday, he fired Bradley Dale. Hated Pivato. He did, not me. Um, I didn't know Pivato. I love Pivato. I mean, I just, as a. He's telling me how you keep out being all sleepy need when you're dead, but I can get out there trying to get Cam Hayward to come here. Come on, man. Come on, man. He, uh, when he was introduced. Don't, as, he just said, hey, don't tell me an inch doesn't matter. You'd all fucking take it if you could. And he's talking about splits. <laughs> uh, the. When he, so he was the co DC with Mallory. Yeah, that was the year oh, it all went awry. 08, Mallory Pivato, uh, the code DC thing. And after one year, you know, they both miraculously got new jobs because uh, Les never fired anybody. He just told everybody to go get jobs. Um, and Mallory went to, like, New Mexico or something. And Pete, Pete became the head coach and of Northwestern State. Pivato became the head coach of Northwestern State. He didn't work out, which at bummed his, me out. At his introductory press conference, Bradley Dale Pivato said, uh, I forgot exactly what he was talking about, but he literally said in his introductory press conference, boy, it'll bring a teardrop to a glass eyeball. Yep. <laughs> yeah, bro. I was like, what I'm telling you, dude. Hey, Bradley Dale was an elite recruiter. <laughs> yes, that Don't was his thing, man. That's, well, that's why he ended up back here. That's why Les brought him back. Because he was a great recruiter, man. He was just a crappy special teams coach. And so whenever Well, but he less... wasn't all. I mean, he was a national champion special teams coach in a decentralized setup. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Okay. 
in 2017 or 16 when Les got fired and took over as the interim. Special teams were very bad. Do you remember yes, the a Yes, they were thing? awful. No, they so were like, awful. They the were awful. A- like, LSU played A&M in College Station, and A&M actually recovered an onside kick at the end of the game as they were trying to frantically come back. And I remember very, very vividly that Ed Ozer, like glaring it, at Peeve. Interim Ed Ozeron, who was trying to get the job, was not happy with Bradley Dales. Like, no. literally, Ed got hired on Saturday. Sunday, he fought like it was the first thing he did was fire Bradley Dale. But anyway, so they brought in McMahon as an analyst. Because remember, he brought in Pete Jenkins on field. He promoted, I think, promoted Meatball. There was a lot of stuff like that. So, yeah, that's the year when they thought that the 10th coach was going to get approved. It might be 10. I can't remember the exact number. Remember, it was supposed to be approved, and after they brought in McMahon, they were going to move in there, and then they didn't, and they were like, oh, what the fuck? Now we got to keep him like... So he was an analyst, and basically the the analyst couldn't coach on the field, and so it was... We talked about it last week, the convo I had with Von Rosenberg, where he was basically saying, like, it was a giant game of telephone. Yeah. Um, McMahon would tell the GA or whoever what to tell us, and so then they would come try to tell us, and if we had questions, he had to go back. It, anyway, so I would prefer to have a really good special teams guy that's running your special teams. But No, that's, I would, too. I would, too. I just think it's funny that they tried to wrap it up in kind of pseudo-intellectualism when they're, in a lot of ways, doing what has always been done. But with a market advantage of now the analysts can be on the field and be way more involved than they could uh, previously, right? So, All right. Well, let's do questions. We've got 10 minutes left. Yeah. Ask. We're at Oliver Twist. Shout out Perkins Oliver Road, Twist. Baton Rouge. Neato, gang. Great great place. I love the break-even tonight. I love Oliver D. H. Twist. D.H. Taylor small batch. $6. Um, oh, nice. Muse. How are we doing, Muse? What's going on the baseball game? Tigers over Lamar, 6-1. to one. Good. Fuck Who's Lamar. on the bump? Who's on the bump, Muse? Huh? Helmers. Helmers. Will Helmers. That's uh, former LSU starting third baseman, Will Helmers. Do you? Oh, yeah. That's right, dude. Forgot about that. We were at that. Hey, we were at that opening day, Moose. We were at that opening day, remember? Dude, that was just so dirty putting that kid at third base the first game of his career. That was crazy. Hey, bro, go play third base. That was a post-COVID half-full stadium, too, because of, like, And when I tell you that you could hear every word, hey, cheers. When I tell you you could hear every word that Matthew Musso was yelling in that stadium, and he was not embarrassed at all to be providing the entire commentary of the game. It was a fantastic experience. That was off-the-bench producer. Matthew Musso, oh. before he and got then, infected, and then he graduated by the bald men. Then he graduated, you know. Oh, it smells fucking good, doesn't it? Really? Might not rent for rent. It says, ask him to see a British student used a regular camera to take a picture of a single atom, which was held between two small needle tips about two millimeters apart. Is that true? A what? Was it bigger than T Bob's hands? Well, no. Obviously, oh. my hands are bigger than an atom. So, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. Try again. You're, you're an idiot. An atom is the smallest piece of matter, isn't that right? Matter? I think splitting the atom is how you blow a get a nuclear bomb. reaction. I believe. Okay. Math. Atom, yeah. Raymond hashtag ask Scone and T who starts a cornerback next year. Welch and J.K. Johnson. I have no idea who starts. Cornerback is my most exciting position battle of the spring easily because it feels like you actually have a ton of talent there but i have no idea who's going to rise to the top because all that talent is new i agree uh and i would say denver harris is your most talented cornerback 
Um, and no deuce chestnut either. I mean, I would say deuce. Wait, what? No deuce chestnut in spring. He's, oh, out, he's out for spring. Oh, I didn't know that would happen. So Injury, he was, yeah, surgery, all, postseason. Yep, Damn. All ACC from Syracuse, out for spring. But uh, you will J.K. Johnson. You will have um, Denver Harrison. You will have Zy Alexander. They like Zy Alexander a lot, dude. I feel like there's always a lot of whispers about, like, watch out for Zy Alexander from yeah. Southeastern. Line up, baby. Big dude, 6'3", long. Yeah, that's why I think. Very good, yeah. Uh, Craig Granger, Ascone, and T. Who'll be the standout running back for the Tigers this year? I think it's going to be running back by committee. We talked about it this morning. I don't think there's going to be a standout guy. Okay, I would go. Uh, Who will be the leading rusher? I I would go Josh Williams again. There's no reason not to. Yeah, Ascone and T. True or false? Zalanter will be starting the O line at some point next season, not including mop up time. I. Well, I, okay, so I, I starting don't, isn't mop-up time. Mop-up time is you're in at the end of the game. Yeah, he, he said. I guess so. I guess what he's kind of saying is, will he play at like important parts of the game? I don't think that's what he's saying. He's saying, will he start? Will he be a start? I'll. I will say no. I think your first. Yeah, but then not including mop-up time makes me think that he's really saying like, will he play in significant moments? Because he has starting, but like I don't know. I. I think he will, but I don't think it's a terribly educated guess. I'm not going to lie to you and say I've watched, like, Zalance Heard film. I just know that he's big as fuck and confident as fuck. I think we're looking at Jones and Campbell last year and going, oh, look, freshmen, they play on the offensive line. No, they don't. Like, that was a weird thing where you had two freak shows who had to play out of necessity because you were not good on the offensive line. Yeah. And those two guys just kept getting better and better and better as the year went along. So I'm not saying Lance Hurt couldn't play – I just think you're in a better situation where you got Miles Frazier, Garrett Dillon, or guards. You got as Marlon Martinez coming back. You just brought in a dude with 26 starts in the Big Ten. You're just you're deeper and better this year. Yeah. So I, I just be very hard to break through. Way harder to break yeah, through this year. I don't think the necessity is there. Bojacks, pay attention. You're in an arena for one hour with 50 hawks, 10 crocodiles, three brown bears. Okay. 15 wolves, Ooh. one hunter with a rifle, Ooh. seven buffalo, oh. 10,000 rats, oh. five gorillas, oh. four lions. You pick two to defend you and all the others attack you. Give me 10,000 rats and 15 wolves. Like, I'm going just pure numbers. I'm going to have my rats just fucking swarming the lions. Wolves are going to take out the hunter with the rifle. Crocodiles are bullshit anyway, dude. If you can go just, like, wrestle crocodiles, they're bullshit. I, I mean, uh, the, no chance, okay? Brown bears are going to be a problem. I ain't going to front. Brown bears are going to be a problem. I feel like lions are pretty lazy. I'm not over, I don't even think the lions are going to attack me. I think they're just going to lay there the entire time. Um, 50 hawks is going to be a problem as well, actually. Aerial combat so I would superior take, to ground combat. I would take the bears. Three bears. Only three bears. Three brown bears, not grizzlies. And, oh, brown bears? Brown bears. Oh. Three brown bears. I know. That's oh, wait, no, wait, 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 no, those are grizzlies. It's just the black bears are the ones like in the Smokies. And shit. No, the brown bears are grizzlies. It's a brown bear, a grizzly. Because if that's the case, then give me... Give me them three. Oh, okay, Brown are yes. Grizzly Bears. Okay, 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 okay. Give okay. me oh, them three, uh, yeah. and, and here's the other thing. Give me the Hawks, because the Hawks are going to eat the rats. Maybe I'm overthinking the 10,000 rats. The, the it's Hawks, just a lot of rats. The Hawks are, are going to eat the rats, and the rats may go eat other things, too. Uh, the Coyotes could eat the rats, or the Fox could, could go eat the rats. But give me the, the Bears, because I think I would take the bear over all the other big animals. Yeah. Give me those three bears to fuck everybody else up, and give me the Hawks as my as my 
as my cover from on, on it's top. It's not a bad draft. What, what if they, what if they like, come scoop up like a uh, – they come just swoop down, they pick up like the Coyotes and drop them a 1,000 feet and they kill Well, them. there's no Coyotes, but they could do that maybe to, maybe to a wolf. Oh, wolves, wolves. Well, that's what I meant was fucking wolves. Um, but and yeah, the hunter, no, like, the hunter dude, 50 gun. hawks, a lot of hawks. Like they could peck five gorillas eyes out. They, could, they could peck four lions eyes out. Are we talking about silverback gorillas? Cause I'm, what, get, would you take Ooh, a silverback gorilla? Maybe three bears and five That's, silverback gorillas. No, I got to have the hawks. I need, I, so I'm, I'm deciding. I'm worried so, about aerial combat. I agree. I'm with, with the hawks, but it's, do I take the silverback gorillas or the, the brown bears? I think I'm they're going like the three bears size. over five do, gorillas. I, I've done this before. Do the thing. I think. Like silverback gorillas and grizzly bears are like the same no size way. and strength. They're very, they're very comparable. They're very comparable. Silverback uh, okay, gorillas. Silverback gorilla is about five feet tall. Weighs four hundred thirty pounds. It can lift lift seventeen six, over okay. seventeen right, sixty three dead weight. Grizzly bears. I'm telling you, they're comparable. I'm telling you, I've done this before. They're comparable. Uh, grizzly bears about <laughs> four to six hundred pounds. Okay. Uh, I don't have a lifting step, but yeah, I mean that's they're comparable. Yeah, I mean, it's Silverback's 430. Bro, and the Grizzly Bears. I never bears, thought about that. And the Grizzly Bears are so fucking mean, too, bro. They're so uh, you mean Silverbacks? No, the Grizzly Bears. Oh. The Grizzly Bears are so fucking but, mean. But Silverbacks have two sets of opposable thumbs. Not even one set. Two sets of opposable I'm thumbs. i worried about that. And if human evolution has proved anything, it's that opposable thumbs are a huge fucking advantage. So I think after really talking this out, I'm going to go with five Silverbacks and 50 Hawks. Uh, you know what? Landing. If the silverbacks and the grizzlies are comparable, five silverbacks over three grizzlies might be the pick. But that's what I want. One of those <sighs> big old dudes. Fifteen big wolves are going to be a problem. Though. No, no, no. They're not. I'm telling you, man. Those wolves ain't going to be shit because my hawks are going to be able to scoop down, pick them up, yeah. take them five thousand well, feet. Well, no, but a hawk can't them. pick up a wolf. A hawk, yes, but it could pick their eye out. No, you like a golden eagle maybe could. A hawk couldn't pick up a wolf. So there's no way. There's just no way. But you could peck their eyes out. Again, and, I think you have to have the hawks because they're the only bro. one that can fly. Like, the they're going to be hard rats, to kill. Dude. The lions are going to take down a few hawks because they're cats, but everybody else is going to struggle. I'm telling you. The buffalo are big, too, but I just don't think the buffalo are going to be good fighters. Greg says bears and rats. I mean, it's a shit ton of rats, dude. 10,000 rats. A literal swarm of rats. But are the rats attacking anybody? Yeah, they have. It says attack. It says they attack. It says you get to kind of control the animals or they attack you. So we have to – I agree. If we, if we were leaving these – I know earlier I said, you know, the lions would probably sleep. If we leave them to their own devices, that's probably true. But let's assume that everybody's attacking one another. Rats are attacking them? Yeah. Do you, do you want, the, rats hawk, with 50 do you want hawks? the hawks and the rats? I don't know. I still think I want the big dude. I feel like if we go 10,000 rats and 50 hawks, we have no ground defenses. <laughs> I mean, because a rat can swarm, but they can't impede. Yeah. So if a lion charges you, you're fucked. Yeah. And then you got the asshole human with a rifle. I got to hope. <laughs> but I well, mean, the first thing, I'm doing, first thing I'm doing is I'm We're sending like, the, the silverback to go to Grab go the kill rifle the man and throw and it to me. Yes, yes, 100%. And 100%. Then, like, that's, that's the first thing. Oh, and like, then it's like game on, fucking yeah, lions. Like, let's see this shit. Gun. What do you, how, many, yeah. how many bullets do I have in the rifle? Uh, let's say you got a lot of bullets. We'll that's just another important thing. Yeah, we'll say a lot of bullets. It's an important thing. And we haven't even mentioned the crocodiles. I just don't like it. Crocodile's got no change of direction, and I, I think, think it makes them easy to manipulate. I think my silverbacks could take care of those 10 crocodiles in about five seconds. Yeah, I'm not don't, overly don't. worried about it. It'd be like in Super Mario 64 when you grab Bowser's tail and, tail and throw him. They'd just be like spin him and around him. Yeah. Just chunk him. 
Uh, ben Giat said, how high are you two right now? Not at all, actually. Um, believe it or not, I've uh, never no, not really smoked for me weed either, ever actually. in my life. I've never smoked weed. Yeah, me neither. Uh, oh, my God. The Pelicans are beating the fuck out of the Mavericks, dude. Let's go. Are you serious? 61-45. Shut your face. Uh, ask Conan T. Will Mason Smith be back? Absolutely, and he's going to be awesome. He's, oh, I don't know for spring. spring he's non-contact, so he's he's participating just non-contact. Well, to your point earlier, don't risk your best players in spring ball. Exactly right, dude. I remember. I've, so forgive me if you've heard this story, but I'll tell it again real quick. Um, Weldy Moore when he was at Tulane. I remember talking to Weldy when when he was uh, in he was in the NFL playing for Pittsburgh. But I remember talking to him one time. So Mweldy went to went to Bel Air, and then if you forgot, like at Tulane, he was a fucking dude. I think Mweldy and D'Angelo Williams are like the first two players in NCAA history to have like four thousand yards rushing and two thousand receiving. And it's something wild like that. Like he was just a total dude. Um, Mweldy was like the first day of spring. He went out there, and the coach told him, "Get your ass in the bleachers. Get the fuck out of here. Like you just do not do a damn. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's yeah. Like you just, we you're need not, you for you're fall, not, dude. You're not doing anything here. We need spring. you go for fall. Just go away. It. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Don't don't play Mason Smith. You already lost your best player all of last year. Oh, no. Let him find whatever sea legs he needs to during fall camp. Uh, right, what else? Ask OT, What are y'all eating? That's salmon and uh, look like creamed green beans. It comes with Craig, Craig Granger, our chat chef. He's awesome. And it's not y'all. It's uh, just T-Bob. Uh, Raymond, ask Skonin T. What was the break-even bottle tonight? E.H. Taylor small batch. $6 uh, a pour. Palmer Lamartinier. Lamartinier? Yeah. Uh, do y'all feel – how do y'all feel – do y'all feel like – how would you feel about Emory Jones potentially moving inside to guard and opening up the right tackle spot? Only if there's a better right tackle. It could happen, but yes, that's my deal. I find it hard to believe that a better right tackle is suddenly going to show up from somewhere. Bo Jacks, Escone and T, uh, who's your college football playoff dark horse this year? Washington. Just off the top of my head. Are they a dark horse? I feel like Oregon and USC are still above him. So, like, if you're picking, like, Penn State, maybe, they're another third-best team in the conference that maybe is not very, you know, it's a little cowardly to say dark horse, but could be the case. Florida State. Oh, that's a good one. Hell, yeah. They could win the ACC and get in. Yeah. That's it, boys. You're done? We're done. I mean, we have a few more that came in after, but those are the ones that I had. Uh, Ask on DT uh, Scone, are you strictly a gummy guy? You said you never smoked weed. Are you strictly a gummy guy? <laughs> get it? Yeah, I get it. Uh, there's a, yeah, that's it. There's how big a bust would Anthony Richardson be? Why didn't Musso call me for the Tour de France question today? Greg Lamal wants to know the resident uh, competitive biker in the chat. Oh, he would have gotten. There was a Pluckers trivia question today, which was the 21 stages of the Tour de France take place over how many days? In France. Over how many days? Oh. 42. <laughs> 31. 24. Close. 25. 23. 23. Okay. They get two days off. That's it? Yep. Well, goddamn. No wonder everybody's doping. Give, give these boys some rest, dude. Come on. It's hard. You're basically doing a century mi- bike mile through the Alps every doing, day. What are dude? Oh, I could do that shit easy, man. I did no, you 30 minutes of shadow boxing in my garage today. You're telling me I couldn't ride in the Tour de France. Get the fuck out of here.